be a great name for this message. I must tell Jesus. Good to see all of you tonight. And uh, the, the name of the message, the title of the message, Prayer of Faith. And we want to cover tonight, we're going to begin, I want to use two passages primarily of Scripture. The James chapter uh, number 5 is where we're going to be, James 5. And we're going to be looking at verses 14 through 18. And let's read those, and then I want to go uh, back to Mark chapter number 9. So you follow along here as I read uh, the Word of God. The Bible says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual, fer excuse me, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. You can see here in this passage of Scripture, the Lord gives us the instructions of when someone is sick. And this is, uh, the. we'll go over those in a bit, but I do want to go first, before we do that, I want to go to, Ma uh, to Mark chapter number 9. Mark chapter number 9. And I want to begin there in verse number 17. I'm not going to preach long here tonight. I've got a few thoughts that I want to share. And then we want to have this time of prayer uh, for Pastor Miller. And, uh, but, but let's read this scripture. And I think the way I'll read this scripture is I'm going to read and we'll just go through it. Uh, I'll talk about these verses as we uh, go through the scripture here. So uh, prayer of faith, and we find it yet again. The verse number 17, we're in Mark chapter number 9. The scripture said this, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought thee unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Now there is a problem here. This man's got a, a, a boy, uh, and his, his problem is he's possessed. And it's coming out in the form of epilepsy. We'll see that in just a moment. This, there is a problem with this young man. This is not what I'm paralleling here, okay? What I'm paralleling here is the solution to the problem. We can all have needs in our life, and this is a, an example of what we need to do and where the real power comes from. So let's go on there in verse number 18. Here's the problem with the young man. Wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out and they could not. So now the Lord has been up on Mount Transfiguration with the inner circle of disciples, and he's coming back after several days, and when he gets there, he finds a great big disturbance, and at the core of this, uh, there is this boy and this boy's father, and the disciples have been attempting to cast out the demon of this young man, and they have failed. Now, it's interesting because they had already been given the power 
to cast out demons and to heal the sick, okay? And I want you to keep that in mind. But they're not able to do this. And what it's going to point to us where the real power is. Now, go on and let's look at verse number 19. He answereth him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Now, in this particular verse, the Lord is frustrated with what he sees here. And his frustration, you look at that and say, now, okay, who is he frustrated at? But he said generation. You think about the... When you think about the gospel, there are those Old Testament saints that are looking for the coming Messiah, correct? They were saved. This is an interesting point of time because, excuse me, this man is a believer. We'll we'll see that. The father is a believer. Uh, And so he's looking, and the Lord, is he aggravated with his disciples? They failed. Or is he aggravated with the Father? Well, he's aggravated with his generation. He speaks of, one day I'm not going to be here. But let's go on, and we'll come back to verse number 19. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground, wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So here is a plea from the Father. Do you see a lot of faith here? If you can do anything. I don't see a lot of faith here. But sometimes we have just enough faith to ask. Here in verse number 23, notice Jesus. And I just, this is such a a powerful verse. And it's such an insightful verse, I believe, to and relevant verse for us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believest. If thou believe, all things are possible to him that believest. So what he's saying is, If you believe, all things are possible. Verse number 24, and straightway, now notice this earthly father, the father of this young man. Notice his response. And straightway, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. That says it all. He's a believer. His eternity is secure. But his situation... The here and now. He's worn out. Can you imagine living in the situation that this family's living in? They got a real problem. This boy is tossed about with these convulsions, and right at the middle of it is a demonic presence. And the Lord said, If thou believe, all things are possible. And this man, he really confesses here. This is a confession. Because he said, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. So you look here, and it will go on, but I I want to come back to that verse as well. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, 
he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent sore, and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted, up, uh, lifted him up, and he arose. And now notice the conversation. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now, when you think about this situation, here the Lord had given these men the power to heal people. In the name of the Lord, I, I can command that this spirit come out in circumstances. They had that power. They had power over demonic spirits, and there is a real problem with that, a lot of bondage in that world at that time. I think we see that today. Um, but you know what I'm taking, what really gets my attention here? The real power is not in what he gave them to cast out demons and to heal the sick. The power is in prayer. Because they had something that God had given them, and yet at the same time, they couldn't get it done. And they asked the Lord privately, what was this? And he said, prayer and fasting. Some things, prayer and fasting. What does that tell you? That we have so much power. Folks, the Bible says, we have not because we ask not. So a pastor preached a great message Wednesday night. Some people are praying, living in, living in sin, and they're not going to have their prayers answered. But many times we simply have not because we ask not. So of all the power that you would, and these men carried that to their grave, that they could, you know, you know look at, watch, look Peter and healing the man uh, after the resurrection, a man that had never walked. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And he stood up and walked. But I'm here to tell you, we got more power in prayer. And we all have it. If you're born again, you have the wonderful gift of prayer. It is such a privilege that we have. And there's so much power in it. There's another verse that I wanted to look at before we go back to the other passage. Uh, so turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 17 and verse number 6. And the Lord said, let me allow you to get there, Luke 17 and verse number 6. And the scripture says, and the Lord said, if you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you might be, you might say unto the sycamore tree, be plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea, and it should obey you. The Lord is using the example, faith. 
What was the man's response? I believe, help my unbelief. We're born again. I'm born again. I can't speak for you. I know many of your testimonies. We could all be born again here tonight. I don't know. If you're not born again here tonight, that's a phrase you need to get familiar with. You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. But there is power in the Lord. There is power in privilege in knowing Him as Lord and Savior. And if the Bible said, and if I, I don't have one tonight, but if I were to have a, a mustard seed in the palm of my hand, I could barely see it, and you wouldn't be able to. It's a little bitty seed, and it's kind of transparent, so it's almost invisible if you can. I mean, you kind of see the outline of a mustard seed. It's, it's just so small. It's so tiny. And the Lord is saying to us, and he's saying to his disciples, if you just had the faith of that mustard seed, Look at the Father in, in Mark 9. I believe, help thou nine mine unbelief. Guess what? He, had the, he, just had enough, he just had the mustard seed of faith, didn't he? He didn't have any more than that. He wasn't super strong. We can be strong one, one moment, and we can be very weak the next moment. I mean, that's the way we are. We're, the human condition can be like that. But the prayer... Of faith. Now I want to go back. Let's go back to James chapter number five. James five. And let's look at this scripture now more closely. And we're going to have um, an invitation, and then we're going to have Pastor uh, come up, and we are going to, yeah, we're going to anoint him with oil, just like the scripture says. We're going to we're going to do that. We're not going to bathe him in oil. We're going to anoint him with oil. Why would we do that? In the Bible. Okay, we want to follow the Bible. We want to follow the instructions. Okay, so here we go. Our pastor has an illness. Is any, is any sick among you? Yes. Let him call for the elders of the church. Now, when we have pastor come up here, I'm going to have the elders of our church come up. That's going to be our deacons are going to come up here this evening. And I'll say one other thing. If you've served as deacon in the past, I want you to come up too. That'd be the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And here it is, folks. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now, the Lord can answer our prayer in any number of ways. Right? The Lord could make this a very successful operation and say, this is amazing. But God can do any number of things. And ultimately, I think Pastor said this this morning, we pray in the will of the Lord. It's got to be His will. It's just got to be His will. If you're going to pray anything for your own life, just pray for the will of God. Don't pray for your will, pray for his will. Our will will get us in trouble sometimes because sometimes we have wrong motives. Um, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. 
And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. The Bible says here in verse number 16, confess your faults one to another. You know, we're to be transparent with one another. You don't need to air your dirty laundry list, okay? But we do need to be honest. Folks, we're not, we haven't arrived. We're not perfect. Uh, we need to be humble that way. Sometimes if people can put of I am righteous, that's self-righteousness. We don't want to be there. That's prideful. So confess your faults. It's just saying be humble and pray one for another. I think our church does that. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But let, before I go there, before we do this tonight, I do want to have, we'll just have the pianist come. We'll have an invitation. Because if one of us here has, if there's something between us and the Savior, that could hinder God from answering prayer. And we want the prayer to be answered. So if there's anything in your heart tonight that's not right, confess it before the Lord. Now, you don't have to come forward. You can do that right where you are. But I, I, the scripture here is, is really clear. Um, confess your faults one to another. If you've offended somebody here, uh, or if you feel like you owe them an apology, you can do that. You don't have to make a big show out of it, but it's better. What I see in our church is brotherly love, a family. You want to have that time of invitation. Elijah was a man subject to like passions, as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not... You know what? I want to back up. The effectual fervent prayer. Now, pastor was talking Wednesday night. This guy's like an Olympian stretching out to get his hand over the finish line. I've also heard this explained as fervent, as bringing to a boil, Right? So look at what the scripture says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That could be also interpreted, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Now, what does it require to be righteous? First, we must be born again. You've got to be righteous. When you get saved, your sins are forgiven forever you are clean but then there is this walk of the believer because although I've been born again I'm still a human being I'm just a new creature inside but I still have that old hear that that's my flesh still have the flesh we're gonna have it to the day we die so we must be right with the Lord. So that's what I'm saying. If there's anything to confess, then you want to do that. We'll have a moment of invitation. We've already had that with communion, but we'll do it again. Elijah was a, was a man subject to like passions as we are. You mean he would have been concerned if his pastor was going in for this operation? Yeah, he would be. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth 
the space of three years and six months. You talk about getting a hold of the throne of God. This guy had power because he was an effectual, he was a fervent, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. He was a righteous man and he, he fervently prayed. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. He prayed again and it rained. So tonight we have the instructions of the prayer of faith. Sometimes our faith is weak, but God wants us to ask. You know what it is? Just believing in God. What's faith? Just trusting what God said it is. So tonight we want to do that. I'm going to have Jody come right now. And we're first going to have uh, an invitation. And um, we'll have all of you stand. If, if there's anything.